Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary beings, this is Miles here, serving you up another fresh episode of Cosmic Crit, the show where we roleplay, battle cultists, monsters, and occasionally the gum disease gingivitis. We're currently soldiering our way through Book 5 of the Dead Suns AP, The Thirteenth Gate by Stephen Radney McFarland, and oh boy, it's been a tough one. While we've had, like, really hard situations and bosses before, this book is probably the first time that I've genuinely believed that my character, Raimi, was not going to make it through an episode. And I know a lot of my fellow players felt the same way, so it's been quite an exercise in tension for us. So we're hoping that you're having as much fun listening to these as we are making them because we are still having a blast playing together. Speaking of which, I wanted to thank every single person who took part in our first ever Cosmic CritterCon. Thanks to all the GMs and the players for making such a rad weekend happen. We're still pretty blown away that something like this even came into existence at all. And a special thanks needs to go to our venture agent Odin, aka Cosmic11 on our Discord channel for undertaking the task of organizing it. I also want to remind people that we're still running a Create a Starship challenge for the next phase of Cosmic Crit, which would see a starship of your design as our cruise ship in Season 2. So now it's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy our fresh new episode, Creature from the Back Room. Last time on Cosmic Crit. Should this computer console be making that uh, exploding noise? The Kish AI got into a hack battle with Nack, Ramey, and Andis. Eltreth ain't got jack on these hacking skills. Adras and Alindra know their place. They let the nerds do their computing while they guard the door. Any one of these electricity traps could have been curtains for the nerds. Alindra dissolved into a cloud of light and chased cultists around, burning them alive. Ramey and Nack do some K-pop style attacks. Adras is becoming very familiar with this door. Can uh, somebody close that hallway door? There's a draft of bad guys. This poor sniper is being bullied by Andis and a door. That sucks. Episode commencing in three, two, one. Episode initiated. In order to get something from this gateway, you have to give something up in an equivalent exchange. Welcome, everyone. Join me as we're looking for a microchip alchemist stone in this week's episode. A full cosmic alchemist. <laughs> My name is Patrick, Yay. and I'm your I'm your GM around these parts, your gluttony manifestation. And we're scribing seals and making deals on the show this week, trying to create a piece of the Philosopher's Stone. Joining me on this steampunkish magical adventure are my five friends and state alchemists. To my left. This is a living representation of sin. The sin of not applying your plus two bonus from get him. It's true. Play Neckfeld. <laughs> oh, what a cute dog. Oh, to his left. <laughs> oh, wow, Drew, really? Right really? there. Started at 10. Wow. To his left, the team's mechanic who's got a spanner at the ready. It's Jabert playing Andis Rockbell. Oh, yeah. That's, I'm the good one. Across the digital table, the strong arm alchemist himself ready to strike a pose. It's Miles playing <laughs> Ramy Quindar. Hey, I am not a dog of the military. To his left, she's dishing out solar flame alchemy with a snap of her fingers. It's Rebecca playing a Lindra Mustang. Hello, hello. 
And finally, to my right, the full metal armored Blitz Alchemist himself. It's Tyler playing Edward Veronis. My drill is the drill that will pierce the heavens. <laughs> hey, everyone. We're <laughs> back for another exciting adventure. How are you all doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. tired after the last two episodes. Well, you know what? A lot of combat. <laughs> it's it's okay, Rebecca, because you know what time it is. It's time for a, a minute check-in with Rebecca this week. Yay! We take one minute and we see how Rebecca's doing. Oh, my how gosh. Rebecca? Ill-prepared for this segment. Yeah, that's that's kind of the point. If I could grant you one wish as GM right now, what would it be? Hmm. To give Alindra all of her HP and SP back probably not going to happen that's something that just happens over time but <sighs> how about would it be to upgrade four of your ability scores you think yeah. that would uh, float yeah. your boat uh-huh well wish granted because we just leveled up to level 10 everyone <laughs> and we're going to take some time at the beginning of this episode as we always do when we level up here on cosmic crit to spend some time talk about your characters talk about the players here learn a little something about how you all changed this level. Level 10, a big one. Let's go around in no particular order and start with the androgenetic alphanumeric Andis 147. How are you, Jabert? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. How is Andis? Andis is also doing pretty swell. Get one of those was, every other level? Yeah, yeah. Get every even level you get one. So this is one of those greater than level eight ones and i picked ghost intrusion so it's pretty useful it's pretty helpful it's you know i'm sort of you know re re redoubling down on my hacking abilities and uh-huh. yeah so this completely this wasted one, in this sci-fi campaign or no more <laughs> computers in the rest of the ap no more computers it's all just rocks from here on out <laughs> yeah you have, to, <laughs> you have to scribe the correct stones like right. a magic alchemy right and so essentially i don't trigger countermeasures unless i fail by greater than five now mm, okay. which is pretty sweet and i, I also learned ancient kishley which is you know I've, I'm tired of I'm tired of rolling against those super high DCs. Tired <laughs> of uh, Ramy and Nack talking about you behind your back. Right, exactly. I, 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 I learned it. I, I learned it so I could so I could uh, I could listen into their secret conversations and be part of the cool nerd club. You could, you could be of, a Kish buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kish buddies. Speaking of the nerd club, let's uh, nab Drew with the uh, Napoleonic Knackfeld spar. Yeah. What's happening with Knack? So Knack put some points into a few things just to get a little more strength for those grenades. He's going to be chucking a little bit more often now so that he can throw them more than five feet. And so many ability score updates. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, four of them. um, Sorry, more skill updates. Knack is is a very scary mouse. I I bumped a lot into computers after that last check, too. Not just for for that fight, but also... All wasted ranks. No more computers. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if we ever do starship combat again which who knows it'll help a science officer stuff oh yeah beyond that i picked up a new envoy improvisation knack has been getting run up on by people lately and getting some melee hits in and i took mobility not that long ago to try to escape and and get some (laughs) bonuses but i picked up the envoy improv of clever faint which is actually one of the level one envoy improvs and if i fail at this check which is a bluff check to, to to faint against an enemy 
that enemy is flat-footed to to me to, until the end of my next turn. So I have a full turn of, of flat-footedness. So I don't even have if to... If you succeed at the block. No, trick. if I fail it, they are flat-footed to me. If I succeed it, they are flat-footed to everybody. So hopefully get get some bonuses in. It doesn't apply to every enemy. It's They have to have an intelligence score. So if we run across any Caseric, unless we come across an enlightened Caseric that uh, happens to exist somewhere. Uh, we'll work on that, but it will help me get away and just add an extra bonus to, to everybody if I can do that. And since it's a bluff check, you want to know what the lowest bluff score I can roll is? Uh, what What is it, Drew? A 21. <laughs> Pretty good. Hopefully. We'll see how <laughs> We'll see how the, the odds are stacked maybe later on this very episode. Excellent. And let's round out the nerd club with <laughs> in the middle now. Talk to Miles about our friend, the Ramshackle Ramy Cutie. Yeah, so this level isn't super big for Ramy. You say that every uh, level. It's so ridiculous. This is a huge level. No, because I mean, uh, so I mean, the the cool thing I, I I get is I get two level four spells. Level four. Yeah, yeah like like which, like that's like the big thing about the class is that you get those you get that those more I, powerful I, spells, I, right? I, I, yeah, I know, but like everyone gets these like cool little knickknacks, and you know it's cool getting spells, but <laughs> I, I, I like to have some 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 nice special stuff too, like weaving magic across. The <laughs> look, look, <laughs> I'm a greedy person. Teleport and all kinds I'm, of crazy stuff. So uh, one thing that that Raimi dealt with this, especially in this last round of episodes, is he got hit a lot. And nearly died in the last boss battle. So he's he's rethinking his invisibility power and has attuned it to greater invisibility, which he's able to target basically himself to be invisible for one round per level, even if he attacks. Hmm. So can you, cast, you can cast that on other people too, right? I can. I believe... Wow. If, if, if it functions the same as the regular invisibility, they have to be within touch range. Gross. <laughs> yes. Pretty, pretty good for a fourth level spell. Yeah. So that one I'm excited about. And the offensive one that I'm excited about is Corrosive Haze. Mm, yeah, um, that's an interesting one. Because he he's he's noticed that Alindra got some pretty cool damage in uh, turning <laughs> into a cloud, cloud as a cloud, so he wants his own cloud. So, yes, so you create like a a floating cloud of acid that just harasses people. Yeah, it's a five foot cloud of acid resistant nanites that continually convert nearby water vapor into deadly acid. And I can create the cloud in the same square as a creature and move it up to thirty feet in any direction as a move action on my turn. Now, yeah, so get, give you a little something extra to do with that move action if you're right because I don't use it a lot in the back. You know, just using your standard to to shoot or cast spells. Makes and sense. so, so one of the one of the cool things about it is any any anything that this haze hits uh, does forty six damage. <laughs> if you don't move the cloud, it remains where it is. If it shares a square with any creature at the beginning of my turn, that creature must succeed at a reflex save or take four d eight damage. And any mm. creature that takes damage from the cloud takes 10 additional acid damage at the end of its next turn. Wow, that is actually pretty crazy. Uh, coupled on top of that, it lasts for a round per level right yeah. now. So 10 rounds, so yeah. like a <laughs> potential 40, <laughs> 4, 0. So I could potentially have two clouds just kind of bebopping around. <laughs> well, <laughs> you could, but it, it would be a little difficult to move them as you can only move one per one. Turn, that, 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 that is true oh wow yeah so pretty big level i would, I would say <laughs> i mean it, it is i just i just i mean like, like i said I, I get a couple spells i don't have anything kind of like you know 
any neat like feats or anything like that. But the level four spells are are really fun, and I think that it's it's definitely something that that Braby is excited about because man, he took a beat in that last boss fight. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, uh, yes, and and the fight after a little more damage, right? No, I didn't get touched the last round. Oh wow, well played it safe then. Let let's go next or, and discover. We had that conversation where if you had hit me, I would have died because you rolled the exact damage I had <laughs> as a test roll. <laughs> yes, good times. <laughs> oh, the old hypotheticals. Next, let's discover what's happened with the Alacritus Alindravalis. Rebecca, hello. I'm not sure how to feel about the fact that I'm not part of the nerds anymore, but yeah, I don't sorry, you to be happy or you've been sad. Upgrade to full cool kid jock popular person i don't know it's kind of like when i was in band in middle school and all my friends were in band but i wasn't very good at playing instruments so i was no longer (laughs) allowed to be a nerd (laughs) you you just got to put more skill ranks into either trombone (laughs) or computers (laughs) (laughs) right and then i'll be a nerd again all right so alindra i i mean i had multiple things go up in the damage that they do and things like that but the big thing that i got was a solar uh stellar revelation Oh yeah, And there are some 10th level revelations, but I actually went for a 6th level revelation. So I kind of went back and went for a glow of life. And this is one that at level 6, I believe, I was trying to decide. I was like, I probably should go with glow of life because that would be the responsible choice. But I went with blazing orbit instead. But now here I am after having almost died several times between then and now and getting glow of life. So this allows me to spend an RP to heal myself, which could come in very, very handy and would have been really handy in the last fight. So, <laughs> yes. I think Alindra has looked inside herself and meditated a bit on her Solarian abilities and the stars and having watched Adras heal himself and finding herself flat on the floor. I think she <laughs> awakens from this moment with this renewed resolve, if you will, um, well, to live. P- part of the last episode, I think, or the previous one, you spent an entire turn, you know, pulling out a serum and stabbing yourself for like less than 15 hit points. With this mm-hmm. one, it's a move action, boom. And what do you get back now? 20? Yeah, um, I get 20, 20 hit points. Or if I'm attuned to photon attunement, then mm-hmm. it's 30 hit points. It's wow. three times your That's level. It's yeah, it's pretty awesome. Not to not to pick that one. That's great. Right. Cool, cool. And oh, last but not least, the Anobaline Adros himself, Tyler. Tell us yeah. about our favorite soldier. Level ten's kind of weird because because <laughs> you pick normally, some other options. Yeah, yeah, because because Adros is all over the place with his divine champion archetype. So at level nine, one of the cool things that soldiers get is a secondary fighting style. But because of the archetype. I didn't get it at level nine, but I do get it at level 10. So there you go. I don't get the combat feat, but I did get my secondary fighting style and it's, you know, first, first ability. So I did choose the bombard fighting style. Mm. So Adros is now a grenade expert. We just saw him throw a grenade that he had no business throwing. <laughs> and I think afterwards he was, you know, but, but it, it, it was really effective and he just knocked everyone out for that turn. <laughs> Including yeah. Alindra. 
<laughs> including Alindra. And so I think afterwards he was just like, there might be more to these grenades, which he hasn't really been, you know, using than he thought. And so now he can spend, he can take 10 minutes and he can scavenge enough parts to make a grenade that's equal to his soldier level. But for your secondary fighting style, it has to be your soldier level minus eight. So I can make any level two grenade or lower as long as I can take 10 minutes. But that grenade is only useful to me. So I can't hand it off to anybody. Sorry, guys. But there are some really cool options in the grenades, especially now that Armory is out. And I'm looking to do not so much damage, but some really cool status effects to give us an edge in the battlefield control. Awesome. Cool. I love Bombard style. Love it so much. Yeah. Oh, and I should say one last thing about Bombard style is my uh, range increment for throwing the grenades increases to five times my strength mod. My strength mod is now six, thanks to level 10. So I can... Hawk a grenade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These maps don't go that far. <laughs> you know that yeah. that seems really piratey, I have to say. Bombard, like being I don't know, it feels mm-hmm. piratey. It, so it's it was so uh, Blitz and Blitz and Bombard were the two fighting styles that I was looking at w- when I originally wanted to make a dross. I ended up going with Blitz because, you know, pirates, when they take prizes, you know, they get on ships and they try to, you know, rush whoever's on there, take control as quickly as possible. And I thought Blitz kind of lent itself to that. But Bombard was always in the back of my mind. So I'm really excited to now, you know, get into that. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I can't wait to see that in action. Let's not beat around the bush and let's get back into it. And talk about what happened exactly last time where we last left off. We just finished wiping out those cultists. Yeah, pretty, pretty frightening fight. They in this kind of northern central chamber in this gateway facility, just kind of waiting, itching for a fight in the previous room where you met Osteth. There was an alarm on that computer. They would have come and fought you then if you had set that off or you know if you they can hear multiple fights going on i think it said in the book that they they muster up and and come looking for action a minute later which was why i think they they showed up round 10 of our (laughs) combat you you had a a few turns of breathing room but yeah you guys were able to take them down you've cleared the computer and the the main control room banished the evil ai Eltreth and have fully restored the planetoids guardian Ofsteth. And that's where we find ourselves at the start of this episode. You're all beaten, bruised by negative energy, burnt from incendiary grenades and acidic pistol blasts. And, you know, your armor is hanging off you and parts just cut and slashed by those centered long swords. The hologram of Ofsteth stands in the center of the room trying to digitally console you all and able to, you know, put a hand actually on your your shoulder. And she says, I know it seems grim, Starfinders, but you have made it. Please rest now. I have the remainder of the facility on lockdown, so you may rest easy. But you all have me on your side, and I'm now back in control. We have advantage in the remainder of the desperate hunger cultists. They, they do not expect you, so you all should rest well, knowing that you Hold a distinct battlefield advantage. Remy just lies on the floor and says, you don't have to know me twice. Can I sense <laughs> motive on Ostef? About? To see whether they're telling the truth that we can rest for now without some sort of crazy other group of cultists coming to attack us. Please do. It's a 30, and I'm going to add my expertise die to that. Mm-hmm. So that's a 35. 35, yeah. So it does seem like 
Alfsteth is is holding something back while trying to still, you know, calm you down a little bit. Seems like she's glancing over her, her holographic shoulder, as it were. Alfsteth, you sure there's nothing else you need to tell us? Any, uh, we haven't really cleared out all of these rooms. We, we just got rid of this other hologram for you and uh, this other ancient Kish AI presence. You got anything else that you uh, really need to, to, to share with us? Well, now that you mention it, I have gotten my sensors back online, and while I have locked down the remainder of the facility, and you may go and explore these chambers as you wish freely, the office to the north is is old, and to the northeast, well, there's an engineering bay, and I am indeed reading some movement in there, so I would be careful. It is possible that the cultists could still be inside the room waiting to spring a trap upon you and murder you all, but I, I wouldn't worry too much about that right now. Oh, no. So, ten minute break. <laughs> So I would like to go into this office and take a 10-minute mm-hmm. break. Okay, so yeah, that's where the other cultists last episode kind of jumped out from. You see they have, you know, maybe left some gear and, you know, things like their packs around. And I can get you guys all their their loot, as it were. And you can also take the pistols, the armor off them, what remains Alindra also spots a desk around which there appear to be readable materials. Is there anything of note? It looks like it's completely rotten. You might find some papers, some books. These are millennia old. For the most part, it is a fairly dusty room where it doesn't seem like anyone has really used it. The The caretakers, mind you, Eltreth and Osteth, have been holograms for thousands and thousands of years. So this, this office didn't really have any computers in it, so they just didn't really keep it up. In here, though, you, you do find, besides the, the weapons and armaments of the cultists, they, they have cleared it out, but they have left behind a couple of high-tech-looking Kish items. Perhaps they didn't know what they did. Why don't you, anybody give me a, an engineering check, and I'll, I'll tell you what one of these is. It's something you haven't seen before. Oh, Andis. Oh, yeah, uh, 30. 33? Yeah, that's a 33 for me. DC 23 It is a Kish comm unit, basically the Kish Ali version of the comm unit that you guys might have in your pockets. This one, as you take a look at it, does seem like when paired with an, another of its kind, works as a dimensional comm unit, which means you can... <laughs> communicate over very far distances and across you know different planes of existence i believe oh, that's cool but in only with, only if we have had, if we have another one yeah they they will need to be paired with one another and in, in the, they do it does seem yet also to work kind of sporadically but it does seem like very advanced tech something more advanced than practice is even in the packed worlds. In addition to that, in, in these desks, you find two more of the small Kishali batteries, the ones that will recharge, reduce themselves after a day of disuse. I'll take those. What else? Uh, what else do we want to do? Is there anything in this door to the left? There's just some, yeah, broken down closets. Not really anything of use here. Mm. Adras would like to spend 10 minutes in those closets putting together a grenade. <laughs> Ding, 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 tinker. <laughs> Is that what they're calling it now? Well, yep. yeah, no, if you guys want to take a 10-minute rest, we can do that. You guys, do you guys have RP left? Is that a thing that exists? Uh, I, I, got a, I got two left. <laughs> I, I got a little bit. I have I got a little bit. I have two now, but I am really going to love going to the 70 stamina points that I have at this point. <laughs> 
I would also like to use Glow of Life to restore 20 hit points back to myself. Can I do that? I believe you can before you take the rest. And then you can also do it after if you use an RP point to regain stamina. So go right ahead. Yeah, I can also attempt to heal deadly wounds on people. Oh, yes, please. I could use it. That heals HP? It does. It does. Here, let me me make the check here. Yeah, so I believe believe it's... The DC is 25, and if I beat mm-hmm. it by 5, I get to add the old int modifier yes. to that. So you want to roll up uh, a couple for people? Does anybody not need uh, some Andes healing? I don't really need it, but I can I assist with those checks? Yeah, sure. I think if you assist and do so automatically, we won't need to roll them because that would be a plus 25 bonus. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. Oh well, I guess I guess we'd still roll them, right? Because you might get the mm-hmm. right because we might get the extra. Okay, so go go ahead and roll me some. Oh, so knack, you don't automatically aid, so you're gonna have to roll those as well. Should we give me a couple medicine checks? So that's number one. Fifteen on the first for knack. Seventeen on the second. Helping out a good bedside manner. And I don't think I get it on the third. Nope. No. Nope. Ten that does it. Is all you need. Oh, yeah. well then great. Awesome. And just knocking these yeah, out. So all, far. <laughs> yeah, so all three of those are going to be 17 hit points back. Okay, oh, so thank you. to everyone that needs it or the, that you are spending some time in. So it'll take a little bit longer than 10 minutes as, you know, you're you're resting up, you're putting together grenades, you're you're bandaging some wounds. And as you do so, Osteth digitizes in the, the center of the room and, and begins to to speak to you all again, she says, Well, now that Eltreth has been returned to containment, I am closer to securing the gateway with your help, keeping the super weapon safe from the clutches of those maniacal marauders. And, well, having control back, I have access to the sensors across the sector, and I am detecting movement of several bodies within the core facility of Gate Number Two's controller moon. It is mostly autonomous operation there, save for some maintenance constructs that repair and regulate the graviton emanations. These cultists have seemed to have hijacked these robots and taken them offline. I fear that it is only a matter of time before the enemy is able to search that facility and find a working control board, which means that they would be able to repair this facility's operations and open the gateway, releasing the stellar degenerator. You all must stop them. Uh, quick question. Yes. So, why did you, why did your people lock behind a super weapon? Just lock it away. Why did you just destroy it? I cannot speak completely for my people and what they did millennia ago, but regarding that, I have taken on the role as guardian of the gateway, as I would like to ask you to do as well. And for some time now, I have been thinking about my role here and what exactly I'm doing. My people, the Keshali, they fell from power eons ago. And with the destruction of Eltrath's core programming a few centuries back, it makes a woman think about the future. How much longer do I have? A millennia? Two? Regardless, I... I have come to a difficult decision, one that I hope that you will support. This stellar degenerator must be destroyed. I will be unable to shield this weapon from the universe for much longer, and thus I would like to see it destroyed so its power cannot be used on innocence. I mean, not for nothing, but that was kind of our plan. Good. <laughs> it is good <laughs> hear that. I, I was worried that, like many of the others that seem to 
have come here. They they want it for their own powers. The room fills up with a a wider hologram. It's a hologram of an entire star system. Yeah, you, you see a bright orange star burning with dozens of planets and moons, orbital installations, and what seems like an advanced species living here, circling uh, you know all these different heavenly bodies. Oseth goes on and says, "My people once used the weapon, once." After we captured it from our enemies, the Sivs, it was after that great war and a new enemy threatened our own empire and we decided we could not let the conflict ravage two civilizations like that again. We hoped that the generator would be a deterrence, that using the weapon would be the humane option. As she speaks, a a large ship, a massive space station cruises into the the side of the star system. The holographic display becomes blinding as a massive beam of energy shoots out of the weapon into the system's sun. The supernova is massive. Entire planets are burnt, others swallowed whole in an instant. She goes on to say, those who died immediately, they were the lucky ones. Within a week, the degenerator had turned the sun into a black dwarf. All life in that system that survived the blast would die a cold death. For every living organism, the system was already dying. Half a billion starved in that forever darkness, and eventually the planets drifted away from their home world. Their planet was swallowed by a gas giant, erasing nearly every record of their existence. It was an extinction-level event within a few months. That was the power of the weapon the Sivs built. My people saw the destruction, the pain, the misery that they unleashed with a single usage of the stellar degenerator and, well, the scientists and engineers of Istamai. They set to work in developing the technological discovery of, you know, setting up these controller moons. And a few decades later, they paved the way for the construction of the gateway. We hid the weapon along inside a dimmer plane and kept it outside of the reach of those who would use it ever again. But that that time has passed. It is time we must destroy it. But in order for you to do so, you all must stop these cultists. And we must open the gateway, retrieve the stellar generator, and somehow destroy it for good. Sounds like a plan. Thoughts? Um, what's going to happen to this facility if we destroy something so powerful and massive? I do not believe that it will be able to survive. It would mean the death of me, yes. Do we have any capability to download your programming onto to one of our pieces of technology? Unfortunately, that is not how we set up our AI. We can exist amongst the Kishali computers technology here on the controller moons, but we did not make ourselves capable of, of leaving. We were here for the long haul. We found this communicator that looks like a Kishley design. Is this something that you can communicate with us as we continue on our journey uh, to, to provide us support from a long range? Yes, but it will need to be paired. I'm sure the network that once operated this cell phone, basically, <laughs> is that is that the word you use, cell phone? <laughs> you need two, one to talk to the other, yes. If you've regained your, your sensors, 
there's a, a couple of rooms in here that we have not looked through and that you said you detected movement in. Can you tell us if there's any, any movement in, in the room just to the east of us? Yes, there is indeed at least, I believe, one cultist still inside. Well, we should probably clear that guy out before we leave, right? That would yes, be prudent. But before we do, I have a question about this weapon. Do you know what powers are behind it? Such destruction. I for my part, did not know much of the stellar degenerator. I came on board after its use in order to seal it away. I I know a great deal of the gateway of the Twelve, but of the Civ weapon, I do not know what powers it. How how do we even destroy something like that? I mean, shoot it with itself? Hopefully, once we unlock it, we will be able to figure out a way in which that it will not exist after we perhaps sabotage, drive it into one of the controller's sons. I do not know, but what I do know is we cannot touch it uh, where it rests in its, in its current state, in a demo plane outside of our own plane of existence. Do you have a database of the Civ language? I believe now that she has full computer control, you all can download what it basically amounts to on uh, on data pads, the the, the Kishali kind of like databases that they have here in this control room. So I don't know if they have necessarily the language, but they have many, I'm sure, records and things about the the gateway and the Stellar Degenerator in the these computers specifically. <laughs> so it's sort of like a CD-ROM encyclopedia that we get. No, it's not kind of like that. It's exactly that. <laughs> oh, okay. Got you have to play like, the little the little games to find out about history. Kishsoft and Carta. Right. <laughs> well, let's. I think we should clear out this room, and then sounds like we need to head over to another moon and round up these cultists and finish them off for good before we take care of this degenerator. All right, lead the way, buddy. Let's do it, Evie. Should I knock politely or just open the door? You know what? Surprise me. So you guys, after resting up, <laughs> spending some time here, heading on down the hallway to what looks like the last room, last unexplored room in the controller moon facility here. Yeah, you got you got the, the drop, it seems. Go ahead and arrange yourselves uh, around the doors here. Dross is going to ready his longsword, and he's also got a grenade in one hand, and he's going to open up the door and see what's inside. It's this little triangular pad in these doors, and you kind of press it, and it opens up. You've you've timed them out at this point. They they stay open for about a minute, and as you open this one, I'll sh- show you what you see in here. You see a cluster of what looks like machinist workstations, dozens of pieces of Kishley tech kind of lining the floors, the tables, alongside tools that look both familiar and completely alien to you all along the back and on the the work table in the center here you see a many lifeless chassis of what look like robots perhaps kishali robots that's what you see from here yeah, it's moving on in i'll step inside adros will step 10 feet inside the room looking about tentatively mm-hmm. yeah, andus andus steps in and then steps to the steps over to the corner over over to the their right a bunch of a bunch of like boxes and detritus. Yeah, I'm just like crouching on top of a bunch of garbage. I'm, I'm crouching in the garbage pile. Difficult garbage terrain. That's why. <laughs> that's why I got these sweet skates. It's like <laughs> getting skate up to the top of these, this garbage pile. Trash skates. Nak is gonna step in behind Adras in order to have a perception 
check at the ready because he knows that Adras is not always the most observant of people. <laughs> well, I was about to say, as you get closer, you see maybe on the table, one of these robot legs kind of like twitch. You hear like servos moving inside of it. And it, as, as that happens, you know, as soon as you all move in, the spidery appendages all begin to move as well as these two robots that pop up here on this table. You see a third oddly constructed robot kind of in the, the back of the room seem to be hiding, move out. It, it does definitely seems maybe a, a more modern robot here in this northwest corner closer to a pack style drone and they all begin moving pop up and they begin to open fire on you oh boy it's time for initiative oh but they look like nice robots get out of this without fun combat patrick i have a rules question oh boy how i I love answering those how long have we been in this facility including the 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 rest that you just took probably half an hour or so so not the 24 hours that i need for this helmet that controls robots to work nope <laughs> not not nearly 24 hours so i don't know about you guys i don't know about hours. you uh i don't know about you listeners out there but y- you know when the best time to use a grenade is when you're like near the top of the turn order and the, the bad guys haven't gone yet they're far away from you I rolled a natural one on initiative. This is a weird. This is a weird riddle. So did so did Alindra. So our heavy hitters are. uh... Oh no! What's my natural one song? I forgot it. Okay, we've rolled up a bunch of initiative rolls here, and uh, yeah, these drones do begin moving. You hear perhaps energy weapons that they have on them begin to whine. And the first person to notice this and the first to act in combat here is Nack Feldspar. Awesome. Can I roll an engineering check just to see if I can see kind of a description, get a better description of what these cats look like? Yeah. Yeah. So to identify some more features of these bots. Yeah. Redhead. Let's say 28. Okay. So you've beaten the DC, which I think is 21 for these guys by more than five so you can get a couple pieces of information you don't want to do a quick little spot check on them what would you like to know i would like to know do they have any obvious weapons that i can see yeah so what looks like on both of them i'm gonna increase the the art here give you a little better view they have these kind of appendages held over their their head these two little robots and it does seem like some kind of energy discharge weapon taking a closer look at it it looks to be like some kind of beam weaponry a laser perhaps not something too too (laughs) out there (laughs) you you get another piece of information anything else you'd like to know can you tell me what kind of bits of information i could possibly get often well you found a little bit about their offense you can ask about their defenses any special abilities things like that you know that these are indeed small constructs of the technological subtype if you had attuned over 24 hours to that helmet this is exactly the situation where these would be able to be put under your control but yeah yeah besides that anything else you'd like to know can you tell me about defenses right so i can tell you something you probably already know like most contracts these will have construct immunities but in addition to that pretty standard amongst robots wherever they're built they have a couple of weaknesses one is to electricity the other is they're vulnerable to critical hits yay mm-hmm. so, oh. go ahead and roll now those is ones the time. 
I, I have one final question, Patrick. Do these uh, do these robots have an intelligence score? I believe he had the ability to ask two questions. We're moving on to your action. What do you want to do? <laughs> I want to point at the one just dead center and say, get him. And I would like to try to use my new faint ability, my clever faint. Against one of the robots? Yeah, the same, the same one. Yeah, so I don't think... Uh, oh, yeah, no, you, you do need an intelligence score. Which is why I asked the question. <laughs> yeah, we should ask that one first. Go ahead and make me a bluff check. So that is a 25 plus my expertise is going to be 29. That is going to be enough for, let's say, this one to the left. So Sparky, we'll call him. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you're like juking him out. Do you have any explanation of what Knack looks like using Clever Faint? He does one of those Captain Kirk moments where he asks a paradoxical question to it and it freaks it out for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, these things, they seem to be very smart, actually, studying your, your movement, but <laughs> they're confused by this furry little creature that they see in front of them. Nice. So that guy is now flat-footed until the end of my next turn. So have Adam. Okay, next in the turn order, all these guys, <laughs> these robots. They're going to spread out a little bit here, moving off the table. And we're just going to take some shots because they're still about 10, 15 feet away from you all. And I'm going to just roll some random dice, see who they're attacking. All right, dude. <laughs> Two tens on D10s. <laughs> Looking down the turn order, they are both shooting at force for some reason. Oh, they didn't even do anything. Exactly. So this weak one who doesn't move. <laughs> oh boy. Against EAC. Oh, maybe maybe they're just maybe they're just missing. Oh, one one hit here. A 14 on the dice. These aren't these aren't. Crazy damage, but I did roll max on a D6, so that's 12 points of fire damage as a focused beam laser cuts across your armor, maybe singes the flesh underneath. And this other, this odd-looking robot in the back is going to move up as well straight away to Edros Varanus because it has what looks like a weighted mallet kind of attached to one of its arms. Oh, That's going to work like a swoop hammer. Tactical swoop hammer. Oh, no! Hammer. And it's making a attack against your KC three on the oh, dice. I'm gonna pick that one up. Swoop to dupe, and it's done there. <laughs> Gosh, rolled a couple threes on tax. Great, great job, GM. <laughs> <laughs> as as these robots are moving forward, you do hear a small female voice squeaking out from behind the desk, and a Soki voice that says. Who are you all? Did, did you come here to get clobbered by my robot army? A pistol pops up from the, behind the desk. It's going to almost take a blind shot as she stays hidden behind the desk and cackles. <laughs> Let's see. This, this is definitely going to be a random attack because she can barely see. It is going ooh, across the room to Andis 147. No. 15 on the dice. It's actually a KAC weapon. It's a Advanced semi-auto pistol. That is a hit. Oof. Actually, a lot of damage here. These are 2d6. Roll a 4 and a 3. I've forgotten all math skills. All math has left me. <laughs> that is going to be 16 Oochie. points of damage. Oochie. Okay. <laughs> Out of curiosity, was it an actual blind shot? Or was that just like flavor? 
<laughs> you saw maybe a tail, a head pop above the desk for just a second and then pop back down. <laughs> are there are there rules for that? Blind shots? Not really. No, not really. I mean, okay. if you know where someone is, it would be like shooting blind to 50% miss chance. But yeah, she actually kind of poked her head above and then popped back down. I, I see. She's, so she's you're just describing that she's in like high cover because she's short. Yeah, well, she's back down in total cover. She is hiding behind the desk. She took a free action to fall to the ground. Those are so key in there. Kipping ability. Kipping up ability. It is Raimi Quindar's turn. They, they all went and now next in the turn order is a 12 on the initiative. Yeah. So Raimi is going to shoot at the flat flid robot that Nack had pointed out. Okay, yeah, it's just a little off-kilter. That's the one that missed its shot. <laughs> so in addition to being easier to hit, it definitely is a little thrown off maybe by this weird Ahsoki. And it also has get him on it for the record. So, so that's 30. That's a hit. <laughs> and does, uh, does this get him get added any damage? Not this uh, one, no. True. Okay, so that's 24 points of damage. Okay, written it down on Sparky. Anything for a move action? Nope. Then we are going to Andis 147. Okay, let's see. When you were describing the offensive abilities of these robots, <laughs> I may have missed a detail. Did you mention that they had any like clobbering stuff or anything? Any melee? It does. You know, you're just able to see the, these large things that seem to support the beam weaponry. Do you see them kind of like operating like massive bludgeoning cleavers? as well so they can just like jump them down as well as you know very ineffectual kind of appendages so it does look like if you move past them they might try and beat you about the head okay that sounds reasonable so i only have one shot left and then i'm out of batteries so i'm gonna have to conserve my ammo and i'm gonna bust out an ability that i haven't used before called override and i'm gonna use my wireless hack Uh, exocortex ability to target the guy with the wrench up here and uh, who's standing adjacent to Mm -hmm. uh, this robot. uh, Yeah. Wrenchy McGee next to (laughs) next to our friend Ratley. And yeah, so that robot gets to make a will save DC 22 and do let me know what the result is. Somehow, believe it or not like their best save <laughs> is it right? yeah I don't know why but let's scroll that go figure all that beautiful oh, well. don't think it matters because I rolled a four <laughs> I've got a ooh, a whopping 11 on my will so. oh oh okay okay it said plus 11 or nope that's a that's a straight 11 oh good then they missed the DC by Greater than 10 by 10 or greater. So I I get to dictate. Yeah. uh, DC 22. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A show. So I get to dictate its actions for the next round. Nice. Nice. So that's really cool. Alindra again. I'm I'm guessing what's going to happen. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I don't know you're doing this. You can just get back at (laughs) all. Right. It's all a big sneak. So I guess that would happen on its on its action. Is that right? Yes, I'm, I'm guessing. Next turn. Okay. Makes sense. Then, and then as my as a move action, I'm going to I'm going to use twin tracking, which is my new version of of my combat tracking, to track both spanner and lightning bolt. 
Oh, oh, so taking taking a, a good look at both of them. Yeah, exactly. So I got I got both of them. I'm calculating, you know, metrics on both of them. So. Which direction they're gonna move? Who they're gonna so. attack? Next in the turn order, we're going to Adros Verona. It's a me. Let's. I mean, I've got swoop de boop in front of me. So, I mean, I feel like we should test his defensive capabilities by trying to attack him or tr- trying to attack it twice and see how the dice land. All right. Seems like a pretty tried and true. If you don't know what it is, yeah. you smack it with a sword. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like that's 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 fair. So first attack, lots of dice. That's a... 919 on the die. Hold on. What, what, what? Let me check the KAC here. Yeah, that's a hit. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Oh, man. We're doing level 8 Alindra damage now. 32 points of damage. Oh! Yeah, so you uh, using your long sword, bringing it down on this thing. You easily cut through. Uh, this, this doesn't seem to be the, the Kishali metals that have created this thing. Your, your sword is able to cut through some wires, some armor on this bot and it doesn't look too happy with you all right well let's bring the sword back around we're trying to cut off one of these one of these like what is it like four legs it doesn't need that many legs let's get rid (laughs) of one of those legs not as good it's it's only a 20 to hit 20 against casey yeah yeah sorry that's a hit (laughs) oh that's good because i rolled three eights on 48 so that's a whopping that's a lot of damage six points of damage oh i don't like that i don't like that at home that's 70 that's 78 points of damage right there Uh, it's still up but barely oh (laughs) dang it. it twice it is yeah it's missing a leg it's missing maybe one of its arms still got the swoop hammer attachment but oh no it's looking a little less beefy now i feel so much better in this fight than it did the last two episodes it's like this isn't the boss fight (laughs) (laughs) and you leveled up doing these uh, a wacky order at the bottom of turn order alindra palace all right i'd like to activate my haste circuit I'm going to move through Nack's space and up along this wall to the other side of the robot that has Getum on it mm-hmm. and also was clever fainted. Yes. So it yes, does not so. get a reaction, right? Sparky, it is is currently flat-footed, I believe, still. Right. And now I'm going to do a double attack. So swift action, we talked about this in the, the rules section, swift action to enact the haste circuit, which means you can't full attack that turn, despite that, you know, what haste does. A full attack is your swift, your move, and your standard action taken away. But once it's activated, you can do do that next turn. But it's- Next turn, it, yeah, it lasts for however many turns it lasts for. <laughs> I think it has a charge of 10, so it'll last for 10 rounds. Yeah. All right, well, I'll just take one then. That's a 35 to hit. Oh, that's a hit. Awesome. That's going to do 33 damage. Boy. Oh, boy. 33. I can't do all this math. I I like how she rolled uh, rolled two ones, and she still did about as much damage as, like, my (laughs) mid-level <laughs> You're so insane, Alindra. Uh, Salarians are broken, though. They're totally terrible. That they, they can't do any damage. Oh. Uh, sure. Terrible. Uh, that's that's turn one. Let's go on to turn two. Nackfeld Spar. What you got, Drew? 
All right, so hmm, the challenge is that this guy is is only clever fainted until the end of my turn this round, but I kind of still want to attack him. So I am going to... I, I will tell you, after a shot, I believe, <laughs> from an X-Gen, a heavy weapon, and a Solarian chopping at this thing, it's not it's not going to last that much longer, so... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, how useful fainting this one again would would be. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm going to go ahead and attack it with my minor disruption pistol with a get em attack. Mm, okay. Which it looks like I needed because that's a 19 to hit. Against EAC on these. These are modified maintenance bots. Now that you're taking a look at them, they do seem to be of Kish design. 19, is that what you said? Yes, 19 uh, with get em, but it's got the minus two from flat-footed still. Uh, yep, that is correct. That is a hit. Yes. For 10 damage. Okay. okay. <laughs> yes. It is not doing great. Not dead yet. Maybe, ooh, maybe if you use a electricity-based damaged weapon, but we'll never know. It's their turn now, and I get to make some counter-attacks. This robot is under Andis's control, so I don't really get to decide. <laughs> um, oh, but Andis gets to make that robot's actions this round. Yeah, right? it is. It is the enemy's turn, Jabert. Yeah, forced. Of course, yeah. <clears throat> Spanner is gonna take a five foot step back. Guardier step. Yep, and is then gonna take that mallet and, well, without without breaking eye contact with me. It's just going to take that mallet and just, like, slam it down on the Ahsoki Lang on the ground. Please make a d20 roll. A will. Can we possibly do non-lethal? Can we do some non-lethal? Nah. Nah. (laughs) She should have shot her pistol non-lethal at me. 13 on the dice. Is that right? 13 on the dice. Yep. Okay. That is very much a hit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This thing, I... Oh, boy. Why don't you go ahead and roll me a, a d... Six for its melee slam ability. Oh boy, that high damage roll. Yeah, well, let's wait until it starts hitting you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy, I got a one, Patrick. Okay, so minimum damage, but yeah, you hear from behind the desk, this is so good. like, ow, you stupid, no, them! You're supposed to be attacking them! <laughs> so I've still got control of old Sparky, and Lindra is looking for a beatdown. It seems it's gonna it's gonna turn to her, make a full attack. This robot, first one against KC, a slambo. I've rolled a nine, so like a five on the dice. What is your KC these days, Rebecca? Twenty-four. Oh boy, what did I say? A five on the dice? Ooh, that's just a miss. Oh good. Gosh, darn it! <laughs> and we roll my other dice here. Uh, Eight on the dice. Not going to do it. It misses both times. Yes! <laughs> Might be the most ineffectual <laughs> enemy you've come across. The zero Poor Sparky. <laughs> and this robot, what seems to be a drone on Edros, uh, is going to also make double attacks. Double no, swoop hammers. No, Swoopty. Oh, uh, 15 gosh. on the first dice and a nothing on the second. What's your KAC? It's higher now because my my decks done gone up. Your dicks, my decks, dicks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's twenty nine now. Uh, nine on the dice is a miss. One hit. Oh, 
I'll roll for that swoop hammer slam that you hear about. Swoop? My DR went up, so hopefully I soak some of this up. 15 points of bludgeoning damage. So, yep, you can soak up a good amount of that. And, yeah, popping up from behind the desk is this small Ahsoki woman again. And she's not too happy about getting slammed by her own (laughs) robot. She comes up with this pistol and says, the name's Zix. And if you think you're taking me alive, you're dumb, or you're about to be dead. Either way, I don't care. Pew, pew, pew. She, I think she understands what just happened here, which means she's going against Andis 147. Another shot at our mechanic. 13 mm. on the dice. That is. It's a, it's a 13 off. It's a, it's a hit, I believe, with her advanced semi-auto pistols. Let me roll some more. KAC damage. Oh, boy. Very nice. close. Minimum <laughs> damage. 12 points of piercing damage as a couple bullets graze by. Give you a little burn on your keister. That's mm-hmm. the enemy's entire turn at Rami Quindar. What he? All right. So I'm going to fire it on the, the same robot that is next to Alindra. Mm-hmm. Not doing too good this one. Oh, it's 14. That's a 16 oh. with get him. It still doesn't matter. <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. 16 is, is going to be missed. Sorry. Yeah, Anything on your move? Nah. And Andis, 147. Let me see. Let me, let me just measure some, measure a distance real quick. Yeah. I'm going to slide down this, this pile of garbage that I'm perched on. <laughs> <laughs> I think you mean scoot down. I'm going to scoot them down. And I look over at Sparky, and I do the same thing. I reach out, I reach out to Sparky, and I try to grab control of that one. Okay. I'm gonna go. Oh. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go flank this rat person with with our own robot. <laughs> oh, a three, I will say. <laughs> so is that the same thing I rolled last time? I think I rolled eight. Three. You rolled a four last time. Oh so. boy, that's, that's a, a ten. And I and I and I look back over it. I look back over it. Was it Zix? Is that right? Yes, Zix. I look back over at Zix and I wink. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Edros Verhanas, we're on to you. So you got this bot in front of you. I so wish Edros understood what was going on because he'd look at Endus and be like, oh, do this one next, do this one next. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he is, he is, I'm too, stu- he's too stupid, so. You could have put uh, two ability points uh, into intelligence. I, <laughs> fans, I did not. I kept the intelligence of eight alive. He's as dumb as he was the day this adventure started. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, oh, I regret even speaking that. Let's just kill this robot. How about that? <laughs> I'll double attack this robot again. It's, it worked out pretty well last time. Oh, boy. Longsword. Again, too many legs. Now it has three legs. Too many legs. More. Let's let's do more leg damage. Uh, that's a 29 minus 4, 25. That is a hit, and with the only third attack against this thing, you indeed chop its like processing head off, and it goes rolling across the ground, dead. Yes! <laughs> Lifeless robot stellar, body. Stellar, stellar. So can I interrupt that full attack and make a move action instead? No, no. That, okay. That'll be uh, oh, your full action taking us to Alindra Vallis. Sad day. <laughs> you right. see 
you see this robot looking up at you. <laughs> it gives you like a wink, <laughs> robotic wink. <laughs> what do you want to do? Okay, uh, does the red dot mean it still has get him on it? Uh, no. The red dot was for no. flat-footed, but it does have get him on it. But it it's also but it's it. also under Andis's control right now. Oh, it is. Okay. Hmm. Okay, well, my haste circuit is active, so mm-hmm. maybe I'll go on up to this Isoki. Or should I attack the thing that Andis is controlling? I mean, you can you can charge the Isoki. This thing won't make an attack against you. Okay. So with my haste circuit active, I can move and then also double attack. Is that correct? Yes. So you can make a move action before a, a full attack. You basically have an additional move now. Right. Okay, let me... I'll, I'll do that then. So I'll, I'll go right up behind the Isoki girl, Zix. Is, is that right? Indeed. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to full attack. So here's number one. Oh, oh my gosh. No. No. Yes. <laughs> well, I was really planning to talk to this Isoki <laughs> that might be a member of my family before <laughs> yeah. she's splattered onde the ground, but that's fine. Wow. You got you got more family. We'll go talk to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. So. Exactly. Oh, listen. Oh. That's Sorry, a lot of green letters. Universe. That's is this 79 damage? Yeah, but do you, do you still have the severe wound crystal? No, I have oh, okay. a burn oh, crystal. Just a I have photon. Oh, okay. All right. So how much oh, damage? My. 79 damage. Oh, Plus wait. Two? Plus two. <laughs> That's going to be 81 damage. Wow. And wow. some burn, right? And some yeah. burn. So here's yeah. the burn. Oh, boy. Hey, uh, fun fact, Three. listeners. And Dross does not have 81 points of HP. <laughs> that's a, that's a. Uh, Alindra, let me remind, remind me never to invite you to my family reunions. <laughs> Sorry, not. Yeah, she, she is not looking too good after being slashed in the back by, uh, by a Solarian. You, you see her look up and it's like, okay, well, feeling less confident about making you all dead that statement i said earlier i'm, I'm not gonna 50 50 on the dying thing knack you can tell this perhaps distant cousin you've not seen before doesn't seem like she wants to fight anymore after a single attack it is still rebecca's turn though yeah so technically i have another attack can i declare oh, this no. non-lethal <laughs> no or can i just uh, like yeah. say all right like you want to talk I'll allow it, or you can just not attack. <laughs> it's up to you. Can I tell her to call off her robots? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, she uh, she says, I don't rightly control those two, but you've already destroyed my drone. Well, then help us take down the other two and we'll talk. I think I'm just actually going to lie down on the ground for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the plan, actually. <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay, oh. we'll come back for you. Turn three, Nackfeld's <laughs> bar. <laughs> oh my! Oh my! Uh, what a what a turn. Okay, Indus, are both of these robots still under your control, or just uh, Zappy? Just this one. Yeah, just Sparky. Okay, Nack is gonna step up here and get him and fire at Spanner. Alrighty. Gonna fire minor disruption pistol. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Oh, what's You're happening? Right? What's happening? Why, everyone? Why would you do this to me? <laughs> uh, that 
one's another. that one's weak to critical hits, so this another is even worse. 20. Yeah. <laughs> weak to criticals. So what's well, what's that damage, Drew? So that is <laughs> So that's 14 damage on the first round. Do I just need to roll 2d6 to, to the second one? I, I crit it, so you've got, it, you've got it in the yeah in oh, the 12. Macro. Uh 12. So that's 26 points of damage. <laughs> and it's staggering. <sighs> Incorrect. It is 39 <laughs> because it's weak to critical hits. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and it actually, it does get a, a, I believe, a fortitude save against the disruption pistols staggered effect. Make that roll right now. A natural two. <laughs> yes. uh, natural two. <laughs> natural two. Great. This, great. this is working out. <laughs> this after the last two episodes, this fight feels so good. Oh, man. I uh, <laughs> I want to give a hearty round of applause. This is a podcast first. Knack did more damage than a dross. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> okay. Good work, good work Knack. It's glad to be, I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page right now. <laughs> Alrighty, so it is the enemy's turn, and... This robot not not doing great. It is indeed staggered, which means it can only take a single move or standard action. It's gonna take a standard action to try and shoot Nack's head off. <laughs> and let's go ahead and roll that D twenty first. Ooh, seven on the dice. What is your EAC? Um, My three. EAC is twenty four. Okay, I've rolled exactly a 24. It is shooting over the decks, though, so I I was going to give it to my robot, which means I have to give it to you. That little soft cover, which means it is a miss. Yes. And this one is being controlled by Andis. So, <laughs> uh, don't have a lot of agency on my turn. Uh, <laughs> Jabert, what do you want this robot? To? This guy walks up and climbs up on the desk and then just, like... Drops that hammer down on Zilch. On Zilch? Oh, no! No, 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 no! Why? Yeah! Why? We're gonna have some some stew tonight. Oh. The Ahsoka, well, you wanna attack no, the Ahsoka? attack the robot! Come on, man! Uh, you, you have her. Fine. He's attacking you. you Fine, have I'll attack you both. Yeah, well, I've also heard her shoot me in the face like three times, so <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not like I'm not like super forgiving about somebody who shoots me with a gun twice. So. Yeah, you know you know you know you were best friends with Clara two four seven. Well <laughs> good point. So <laughs> I don't think she shot him. I think she I, shot. I, I, I hope the final boss is yeah, just, Ahsoki. So Drew tries to talk to it and just kills him instantly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, oh, this guy, this guy, will, will bring the bring the old band hammer down on uh, Spanner. <laughs> band oh, hammer. Yep. D twenty roll. Ooh, nice. That's a seventeen on the roll. <laughs> yeah, that's a hit. Go ahead and roll me a T six. <laughs> Yay, four. Jeez, <laughs> it's bloody. This one's bloody. <laughs> <laughs> Rami Quindar, you're next. All right, so <laughs> quote unquote, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, it's our turn. It's our turn. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move directly so I'm I have the robot right in my line of sight, mm. and I'm going to fire my X Gen. So twenty, a uh, twenty against KAC against these bots. 
If, yeah, if you hadn't moved, that would have been a miss through all this cover here, but getting that clean shot, 20 is a hit. Yeah, for 14 points of damage. Minimum damage. Uh, so pretty uh, good. Not bad. It's still up, which means it's Andis's turn. All right. I am out of robots to control, and I'm going to use my last shot out of my out of my disruption rifle, and I'm going to... I don't even have enough ammo to do anything special with it. I just got to shoot. So I'm going to shoot at old Sparky. Alrighty. Well, Spanner oh. has get him, I believe. Oh, Spanner has get him right now. Okay, oh, then I'll go, I'll go for Spanner. Yeah. All right. Poor, poor Spanner. Okay. I know. It's like staggered, and it's just having a real bad day. <laughs> it's kind of like punching a puppy at this point. Well. Does that mean Alindra's going to adopt it? Yep. That'll be a 29 on the hit. That's a hit. All right, and Jeez. 26 points of damage. It had 12 left, and it blasts apart into a, a spray of nuts and bolts oh. <laughs> everywhere. Gross. <laughs> and, oh boy, that takes us to Edros Franus. This, this one, this drone in front of you is downed, and uh, you can... Move on. Where do you, what do you want to do? Edros is just going to kind of casually walk over the down drone, walk up next to the desk that has Sparky on it. How's Sparky looking? N- not great. <laughs> it had, I think, Edros is- one less, no, one more hit point than its its, its friend over here. <laughs> Edros kind of looks over at Andis, kind of like how I imagined that kid in the movie, Old Yeller, looked at his dad before. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and Andis, Andis nods approvingly. You know what you have to do. Uh, uh, I'm sorry about this, Sparky, but it's the only way. <laughs> He's gonna bring down the old long sword. Pa, Andis says I gotta put you down. <laughs> and 20. That's a hit. Yes. <laughs> 35 points of damage. Chopping in half. We're out of combat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robot smashing time. Uh, on the ground, you see this. This is Soki woman. Zix nearly, nearly dead. From, like a single attack from a, a Lindra. And she says, I surrender. Please don't break me. We are out of combat. <laughs> she is subdued. You see her just kind of toss this auto-target pistol to the side, sporting her wounds. She maybe stands up slowly and, and takes a look over here. She's like, oh, no, QO. I'm a drone. You, you smashed it up to bits. You really, really broke it down quite expertly. It has too many legs. The the name, the name Zix uh, Canterful. Why, why, why do you want to know? Zix. Why don't we talk privately for a second? And I start speaking Ahsoki to her. Uh, okay. She responds in Ahsoki. <laughs> My name's Neck. Neck Feldspar. I don't know if that means anything to you. I know. Yeah, I, I know a lot of Feldspar. They're, they're all over the system back in the Pact Worlds. And I'm wondering if, if that means enough for you to reconsider what's going on and, and answer our questions and... Maybe you can get out of this alive. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Reconsider. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful you go spared my life. I thank you for that. But you know, I, I don't know what you want from me now. I switch back to common so that everybody else can can understand. 
Well, let's just say you are here hiding out in in a closet in a building that has been occupied by Cult of the Devourer cultists. Are you a member of the Cult of the Devourer? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I run with these people, but I, I really, I, I just go wherever my brother goes. Your brother? Yeah, my, my brother, Zaz. You know, we, we used to live together back on Akaton, and, and, well, we were on the starship ride, and the ship all broke apart, and this pink-haired lady came, and, and she saved us. We were, we were near dead, and, well, we, we went to work for, for her. Zaz is great, by the way. He He taught me all about robots and computers and machines and well i don't know he i he's he's pretty tops in my book if you find him though he he won't be kind to you like i am he's really not the talkative type he'll probably put a bullet in your head you know before talking to you (laughs) and i bet you thought you'd put a bullet in our heads when we came into this room didn't you yeah i was i was pretty pretty sure you guys were gonna get broke before i did but uh yeah no you you all broke down these robots faster than i could you're the best breakers out there you broke the breakers that broke them you broke me uh that's confusing yeah well so what do you think we're gonna do to your brother when we find him and he chooses to attack us i I don't know i mean you're gonna have to kill him or he's 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 gonna murder you (laughs) Yeah. So you're saying you don't have any sway over your brother to get him to stand down, get him to to drop this cult of the devourer nonsense? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's he's not really too much for this cult, but he's pretty dedicated to the pink haired lady. So you know what are you gonna do? Let's say love me. Who's the uh, who's the pink haired lady? Oh, you know what's what's her name? Uh, Null nine. You know the the silly android uh, stuff. Uh, I, I call her pink haired lady because everyone knows what I mean. Anyway, she's kind of a bummer. She won't let me break as much stuff as I would like to break. And like I told her, I wanted to blow up all 12 of these suns, and she said no. So, pretty much a, uh, a buzzkill. But she said uh, she wanted some kind of weapon from this other dimension, and well, if you don't tell her I said it, uh, that, that one's got a, a few loose bolts in the old positronic personality matrix, if you get my drift. Yeah. I get your drift. Do you get my drift? I get your drift. Do you get my drift, Mac? Get your drift, Zix. All right, cool. We literally fly in the drift rider. He gets your drift. <laughs> I don't like this vesk. She says in Ahsoki. <laughs> Andis approaches uh, Zix and is and says, "So, how'd you get hooked up with this Null Nine? Yeah, we, we we're on this derelict ship." for maybe weeks and we were pretty on the last end you know the the life support going didn't have food and she just showed up and we've just been signed up with her crew these these desperate hunger folk for months now maybe years time's kind of fuzzy i don't i don't remember things too well but yeah she lets me break stuff every once in a while it's been pretty great (laughs) so if you follow your brother everywhere yeah why haven't you followed him this time yeah, they told me to stay behind and, and get to work in this engineering bay because they were worried I was going to break the replacement for the control board that they were going for just because I like to break stuff. But yeah, I, you know, I wasn't allowed to go the the, the really cool shuttle, I'm not allowed to touch, you know, get that replacement thing. And 
Well, the the glowing alien guy, you know, sent them on a, an errand. He doesn't hold stuff too well, so they had to go physically get it. And I think once they get it, then the the, the weapons the pink haired lady has been talking about since uh, we met her, she'll finally be able to get it. And oh boy, get off our back! You said you you don't remember much about about it's fuzzy. You know, it's 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 here or there. <laughs> I'm, I'm more uh, interested in, in robots and computers than, than thinking about numbers and dates and things like that. Do you know which planetoid they went to? I believe Osteth has that information for you. She, okay. she's, she's not too sure. Okay. It was it was number two. Oh, okay. Is there a check that we can do to see any kind of mind affecting either magic or or just... Medical damage, physical damage. Yeah, so give me give me a medicine check, why don't you? Anybody can, yeah. after talking to her for a little bit, figure out what's happening here. Yeah, I might yeah, need me, an assist on that. Yeah, let, let me give it a try. It's a 27 for me. Can I assist that? Uh, you can. I can tell you just from these conversations, she definitely, she might have some kind of psychosis or perhaps even brain damage. It seems she's very focused on on a few things and, and kind of her tension is snapping all over the place. You do see besides the, the attack from Alindra, wh- what look like you know old festering wounds. Let me show you the the art for Zix. She just just look a, a little off, a little little disgruntled, covered in in grease. Yeah, all, all over the place. So maybe she's not all there. Do we have a med bay on the Earth Rider that we could put somebody into like a prolonged, not suspended animation, but just like uh, twilight sleep, med- like, like just keep them medicated asleep for a period of time. So you want me to, you want me to put her in a coma? I mean, not a coma, like a medically induced coma, like just, 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 just asleep for um, a while. So there are medicine, there are sedative medicines that you can use that kind of, you know, uh, deal non-lethal damage to to someone, kind of just puts them under. You would be able to to make some low-tier ones if if you wanted to back on the ship. The It seems like this bay here in the facility has everything you would need for, like, an engineering bay or, you know, um, maybe even, like, chemical production. Mm-hmm. So if you have some UPBs to spend, that that's a possibility. Okay, then yeah, we could we could potentially do that. I do have one last question for her. Uh-huh. Who is the glowing alien person that she mentioned? Offset shows up in the room. It's like uh, it kind of looks like that one over there, but <laughs> it's kind of meaner. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> Bad dude. Okay, six. Uh, got a proposal for you. But it, it's it's going to be a little challenging, I think. We want you to come with us just to to relax and, you know, take some take some time off and just, you know, close your eyes and sleep for a little while. You okay with that? That sounds awful. I don't want to do that. I want to break things is really what I want to do. Okay. <laughs> make me a diplomacy check, though, Drew. You're you're being very convincing. You, you make me want to take a nap. <laughs> That is a 29 diplomacy check. <laughs> 29? Does anybody want to help out with this? <laughs> Try and talk her down? I can. It's a 21. Okay, so with the the aid there, she's like, I, I, I don't know, maybe. I just, I, I, I can't 
do anything, you know, uh, that will make Zaz angry. <laughs> so these people, they saved my life. So, uh, you know, it's important. They saved Zaz, too. I, I, I'll i go with you. You know, you guys saved me. But, you know, the computers here are all wonky. They're confusing. I can, you know, maybe help you out with some of those, how to break into some of the computers. Uh, I found some exploits, some shortcuts in the code that you can use, you know, get around some countermeasures. She is willing to to teach you the way she hacked into these maintenance spots, give you a, a little little bonus on some future computer checks. Mm. Oh, we would yeah. love it. It's useful. Yeah, and she says, hey, you know, if you, if you can get me off this planet, I hate it here. I, I'd really appreciate it, but, you know, I, I'm... I do what you say just to get back home again. I won't even break your ship that much or nothing. <laughs> oh, don't uh, worry. There, there's there's not much not much risk of that. Hey, and you know they they might have saved they might have saved your life, but just remember, I saved your life from that Vesk over there. Well, you know I'll I'll do that for you. Would, would you do something for me though, Knack? Would what? you say to be continued? Ah! Oh, oh, you got me. Oh, oh. <laughs> You had no clue it was coming, Drew. Just admit it. No, I didn't. I had no clue. <laughs> which which was why he was being so cagey about promising to anything at yeah, all I whatsoever. I promise to end this I, episode. I definitely, I definitely <laughs> didn't know it in the part that I'm going to edit out of this episode. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> good times. Um, That's, uh, oh, boy. That is a good deal through book five here of, of Dead Sons. And Basically to think, and to, and to think, we could have silly. done all of this before we did the big battle. Oh yeah, no, her computer <sighs> shortcuts would have been very helpful in that hacking battle. <laughs> you probably would have ended a few rounds earlier. Who knows? But say uh, la vie. That's that's the way it goes with these choose your own adventure style <laughs> tactical <laughs> tabletop role playing games. We got some some loot. To go over between this episode and next, we'll talk about it. One of the things you find in this room, something I think that's been on a few radars here, is a couple of the larger Kishley batteries. Ooh, Ooh what, what are those two? And you can take her weapons and armors and things like that. We'll talk about it <laughs> next time. But yeah, uh, until then, let's let's wrap this one up. Thank you guys all for playing with me. Thank, Thank you, Patrick. Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. Rating me multiple times. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Good night, everyone. Good, Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.